Good afternoon, everybody. This is the South Fury Pod. What do you, how, how do you feel about that name? I, I, I don't have an opinion. Okay. The South Fury Pod. <laughs> sure. Broadcasting theoretically around the world. Theoretically. Theoretically. Joining me here today on our first episode ever is Vazrock. Vazrock, how are you doing? I, I'm doing pretty all right. How are you? I'm doing good. That's so... Good. You know, first question to get out of the way, and you know, this is kind of a controversial one where this is the first interview of so the entire. You're gonna start. You're gonna start this entire thing in controversy. Yeah. The rest yeah. of it. The rest of it's gonna be cast under this black light. Of... No, it's really just gonna pick up from here. So. Sure. I mean, the first question is: Is having you as the first guest on this podcast a good idea? Uh, it was, in fact, a terrible idea. Okay, why? Literally, literally, if you made a list of 50 random people that are right to put on this podcast, I would be 51. So even people not in the watch would have been better to interview than you. You could have pulled people off of the street, and that would have been a better choice, a more appropriate choice. Well, I'll try that one for next time. Okay. Uh, yeah, so how long have you been in the watch? Uh, I have been in the watch since 2016. I think in June was my three-year anniversary, and no one came to my party, and I was really upset. So just the other week. Uh, yes, years. we are we are in July right now. Yes, yeah. sorry, I forgot. I forgot what month it, it was. Is that how long the the watch has been around? Three years? Uh, no, it predates. It predates me by at least a year or two. I think it was created uh, during Warlords, and I joined up during Legion, oh, or at okay. the end of Warlords. I can't. I honestly can't remember how the, the timeline works out like that. Okay. So, what characters do you play in the Watch? Um, so, formerly, I played Vazrock, who was a shaman and a seer. Yep. And then I brutally murdered him uh, and replaced him with uh, Zeka or Zekarush. Yeah, so I actually wanted to touch on Vazrock because it seems, you know, everybody calls you Vaz. Um, sure. And, you know, I, I know that he's dead. Um, but, you know, based on just like, you know, the casual observations that I had, you know, he kind of seemed like a main character for you. Is that the case? Uh, or? Yeah, so I've, kind of, I've had kind of one not Vazrock being the same character, but I've had, I basically had a shaman too, that whoever that shaman happens to be ends up being my main role-playing character simply because that's the one, that's like my main tune for playing the game. Um, so he actually started off as an orc and then was a dwarf for a while. And then I think in 2014, uh, sorry, I'm trying to remember. Uh, he became Vazrock and I RP'd him for four years or so and then I killed him off so yeah he was he was my main character for a, a pretty extended period of time and wow. he actually like I start uh, I started RPing him on Moonguard and then Moonguard <laughs> or side RP is interesting yeah um, so I, he like I basically characters over to Wormrest and he was the main guy that I did with that so he kind of carried on through that and he was my main character until a year ago or so when you killed him yes when i brutally no when vrog br brutally murdered him okay in cold blood and vrog was the old one of the old officers right he's kind of a little bit in retirement yeah. now yeah yeah okay he's kind of in I, we always get rumors that vrog might come back but yeah. uh, we're still we're still holding out hope here okay you know that's what it's interesting because like i've never like personally like killed one of my favorite characters that way you know like if i get bored so i used to be an alliance player too back in cataclysm and then one sure. day um you know i was kind of like you i had I, I had a human hunter that i had and then i had a human paladin who was like my main role play character and then like one day i just like race changed the hunter to a goblin and um it was right at the end of cataclysm so we had all these events with you know the siege of theramore and destroying north watch 
and like all that stuff like you know the build up there and I just like got engrossed with that so I never went back to the alliance but you know I, I I've never like killed one of my characters really I just kind of like put them on the shelf and say they like you know went off into the distance and blah 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 that's it sure. um so was it difficult to actually kill that character um so I'll admit so the entire thing that led up to a storyline was actually this elaborate plan to get Kuzesa Kuzesa I never know how do you pronounce her character's name I just say Kuz yeah, Kuz 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 whatever yeah. um, the, the troll um, to get her back into the guild it was kind of supposed to be just a plot device that Vazrock and Vrog would clash um, and like Kuzesa came in and like saves stuff and Vrog and Vazrock conf- they basically they butted heads over this which led to them having a uh, Makara which was originally supposed to end in like a, a tie or a standstill and then literally like the week between that being set up and actually the fight actually happening I kind of decided I'm gonna kill off this character because I think I've kind of done everything I can do with this character and I sort of want to move on in a sense that I sure. wanted to kind of because I've never been the best with having multiple RP characters on the go. Mm-hmm. I know that like I do have alts in in the watch, but it's very much like a character will show up and then disappear for six months. So I think for me to want to tell a new story, I, I needed to even do more so than just kind of put a character up on the shelf that I actually needed to kill them off so that I couldn't go, go back. back. Yeah. yeah. And, like, full disclosure, like, Vazrock still exists as a shaman alt that I kind of, every once in a while, pull out to be kind of an Obi-Wan force ghost. Um, yep. But, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to be able to tell a new story, so I killed off my old character. Yeah, I think it's hard to, you know, keep things fresh with a character that you've had for so long, so I definitely understand you there. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, as far as, like you know, what kind of character Zeka is. Are they much different than Vazrock, or do you think that they're similar? Um, so I always had Vazrock as being kind of a grump. I don't know how much you knew Vaz. I, 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 I didn't know Vazrock at all. Oh, really? Okay. So he was always kind of like a grump and kind of just an old old man orc. Yep. Um, which was a lot more similar to the my dwarf character I had back on Moonguard. Um... And I kind of played him off as like this like sagely old shaman who was a grump, but it was kind of a bit more balanced at times. Um, had, had a bit of wisdom to him, had a bit of experience. Um, and kind, kind of the contrast to that is like, it was like a younger character, much more brash, much more kind of blunt, strong, like strong-willed, strong-headed, that sort of thing. So it was kind of, it was a different sort of character Obviously, with some similarities, but a very much a different personality that I wanted to play. Sure. Okay. So I'm I'm picturing like, you know, Vazrock is almost like you know your grumpy uh, grumpy grandfather, and Zeka is like you know uh, your aggressive friend or something. I don't know. A little bit younger. Uh, some, a little yeah, more zeal. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. All right. So, what is Zeka's role in the Watch? Uh, she is currently the Watchmaster of the Outriders. Okay. Because a few months ago, our entire officer hierarchy got kind of shaken up, and a few people moved up, and Zeka was one of those people. Right. So, what does that mean? Like, you know, what what is what are the Outriders? Um, so... <laughs> it's kind of one of those things like the divisions exist in theory in the watch yeah um, in that the watch is supposed to be split into grunts which are kind of like infantry seers which are sort of like the, the healers or the the, the mages like, yeah like no like the seers are supposed to be like the shamans and the druids and the mystics are supposed to be like the mages and the warlocks um, they're kind of more the wizard characters uh, and then there's the scouts, which are like hunters and rogues, kind of sneaky snakes. And outriders are supposed to be the mounted cavalry of the watch. So typically, thunder. yeah. So typically, if someone's kind of like, I don't know if you played Warcraft three, but kind of the raider, yeah, 
uh, unit. It's kind of, it's kind of, it leans on that. But this is like a go in and do as much damage as you can and then get out of there because it's more of a mobile piece. Right. Okay. Maneuver warfare. Yeah. Something like right. that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, I mean, that's cool. I mean, so it seems like there's a lot of, you know, similarities to, you know, Warcraft 3 with those ranks there. Would you say that, like, you know, the cultures and the themes of the Watch are more similar to, like, what the Horn used to be? Or, you know, what would you say that the culture, like, the culture and the themes of the Watch is like? Um, well, I know that we do get a bit of slack sometimes, and there is a bit of controversy in that we do limit to certain races. Right. Uh, those being orcs, and I guess, basically, like, there's the race and the, the allied race now, so there's orcs and Magar orcs, um, Torin and High Mountain Torin, trolls and Zandalari trolls, and goblins. I don't know what the goblin allied race will be, or if there will be one, um, but that's kind of a decision for the future. But yeah, kind of, we try to base it in kind of the Kalimdor horde, it very much to kind of give it more of a, what the horde was sort of in Warcraft 3, more tribal, more uh, savage, mm -hmm. less connected to kind of the Eastern Kingdom's horde, like Forsaken and Blood Elves and other elves, none of the 18 different versions of elves that exist now. Um, but yeah, it's, it kind of... I think the original point behind the guild was to try to give some of that Warcraft 3 feel, that kind of the the orcs or the horde or whatever it was called back then. That's kind of what we're trying to lean on. That's trying that it's kind of what we're trying to be. Gotcha. Okay. So that's interesting. I mean, because like, you know, tribal and savage, like, you know, as a goblin role player, that definitely does not describe like anything that I do. You know, oh, sorry. So, well, no, no, that's that's fine. That, that, like, that's my that's my uh, orc bias showing. I yeah, guess. no, and I, well, I mean, you know, I don't have a problem with it at all. So I guess I'm just wondering, you know, why is it that goblins are accepted in the watch? So I was this this predates me. I right. think this decision was obviously made um, back when the guild was its predecessor guild, because the South Fury Watch was not the original oh. incarnation. It used to be the Hammer of Kalimdor. Okay. Which was, I have no idea when that was made. I think during Burning Crusade. I think. <laughs> you'd, okay. you'd, you'd have to text me on that one. Um, but I think when Cataclysm came out and Goblins became an option, I do believe that... Um, I do believe that is when Goblins were originally let into the ha Hammer of Kalimdor, South Fury Watch, or whatever it was. Um, I don't... I, I wasn't in the guild at that point, so I don't really know the connection. I think, personally, to me, I think the reason goblins are in it is... I feel like they're, they're obvious in-character and out-of-character reasons and rationale. You know, goblins, I think, fit more in with orcs and trolls and tauren than they do with Forsaken and Blood Elves. You know, goblins... Technically, their capital city is Orgrimmar or Bilgewater. Uh, I'm forgetting the name the of it. Port. Yeah, the the thing in Ashara with the big telescope thing in the book. Yeah, Bilgewater Port. It's actually yeah. a canon, but yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so uh, so they're like they're a Kalimdor race. So kind of the the flavor and the lore of the guild being kind of like we're going to defend the barons and we're going to defend like we're going to defend all of Kalimdor that I think goblins kind of fall underneath that okay. um, obviously as well just because like goblin RPers are terrific and we like them and we find them endearing and we enjoy having them in the guild right um, you like yeah obviously like you put a goblin with like effectively modern technology beside an orc and a tauren who have like spear, like spears and logs <laughs> and you're like these two things don't go together right exactly um, I, I think there it's more of an attitude thing at times and there is a, a certain amount of camaraderie that it's like this is kalimdor this is what we're going to defend okay and we're yeah, going to defend it together i get that all right, so that, that makes a little bit more sense to me because, yeah, right, you know, the, the differences between those races, you know, couldn't be more astute. 
Um, yeah. You know, you've got sometimes at events, I feel funny having, you know, Lance having a gun, you know, which like, you know, obviously Warcraft is just like, you know, super high fantasy, like glam metal, you know, you yeah. like, the, you know, the story is obviously just like, uh, you know, it makes yeah, no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. So, you know, it's okay that guns exist and airships exist, but then, you know, you've got everybody around here who's like, you know, the the saying in the watch is red dust and honor. You know, yeah. c- compare that, to, you know, to, uh, you know, the Goblin Shredders. And, yeah. you know, I what I imagine Goblins to be like, you know, kind of just like a steampunk, you know, insert into yeah. Warcraft. You there's know, with a, a little bit of Jersey Shore. There's a good line from... Uh the second Avengers movie, Age of Ultron, okay. where it's Hawkeye. Because Hawkeye is, I feel objectively, the lamest superhero. Where he has a line where he says, like, I'm, like, we're fighting robots and I'm shooting a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. I feel like that kind of sort of explains out a it's lot kind of, of what happens the... in war. Yeah, it's yeah. breaking the fourth wall, but I feel exactly. like that kind of that kind of explains out a lot of what goes on in Warcraft. Because, yeah, we'll li- we literally have people who have guns beside treaders beside torrents with spears and logs and none of it makes sense but it all comes together in the end and so then airships yes and then airships yeah <laughs> and then like nuclear weapons yeah man of bombs right yeah and spaceships it's all good yeah nothing is uh nothing's off the books here okay yeah. so i mean obviously the next question is i mean you know you guys are or we are i should say you know, defending Kalimdor, we've got a vested interest in the Horde, you know, um, you know, trying to defend the motherland. You know, if, and, you know, entertain me here, you know, if an elf or a Pandaren or whoever else came by and, you know, held those same values and showed a vet, uh, vested interest in, you know, being involved with that, could they incorrectly join the Watch eventually? Um, so this has come up a lot, and this is kind of where we get caught in these kind of logic black holes. holes. Yeah. yeah, where I think in order to try to in, in order to try to like have a certain guild flavor, you obviously need to make decisions which are sometimes more out of character than in character. Right. Um, and I feel like a lot of that decision ends up being more out of character then in character, because you could obviously have a Pindaren who comes and lives in the Barrens for 10 years. I don't know how long Pindaren have been around. A um, couple of years at least. I don't know. Yeah, like a few years, let's say. Yeah. And like owns a farm and like wants to defend his land. And it, it's kind of one of those things that I, I feel like from an in-character sense, like the South Fury being effectively a militia for the Barrens and for kind of the, the areas around it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> sorry um like it, w- it would make sense in an in-character sense that like yeah maybe that person should be allowed in an out-of-character sense it's kind of like once you break that seal you can't unbreak it okay and i feel like we we've we've talked ourselves into circles about this um through the years and it's kind of it's an out-of-character decision to just say no, we're going to limit it to these things because these things, it, it's kind of like these things are always, so like orcs, torn, trolls, goblin, maybe not all of those all the time, but like th- those races are very much more pro-barons, pro-Kalimdor than the other races. Gotcha. Um, and it's kind of that, those other races may be those, but like the, they're in the minority. So it'd be okay. kind of I don't know. It, 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 it's a discussion that's been ongoing. I know that uh, a few months ago we decided to let in Zandalari Trolls, which um, has some controversy attached to it. We haven't actually had one join the guild yet in characterly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was more just an extension of like, well, they're kind of trolls, so we'll consider it. But we, we haven't actually let one in yet. We haven't had one come to us who has really proven that they're that much for the uh for pr- protecting the barons or whatever yeah i mean the other thing with that too is like not all zandalari trolls were hanging out in zandalari their entire lives yeah you know i mean zandalari have been around since vanilla so it, it you know it could have been that there was a troll who 
I don't know, switched over to the what's the um the troll tribe that the horde is the shadow something? Uh, um, Dark Spear, Jesus, Dark Spear. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Like, Good horde RP. Well, you know, I I just feel like you know it's kind of like orc clans. Like just because someone identifies as like a war song orc doesn't mean that they like can't hang out with Frostwolf orcs, you know. Um, so I you know I feel like you know Zandalari, so long as you're assuming that they're not like you know Rastakhan's honor guard, they're probably yeah. dead now. But you know, um, like assuming that you're not that involved with like the Zandalari culture, you probably could you know be involved you know be involved in something like the South Fury Watch. Yeah, but I, I I think the whole thing with the South Fury is that we want people's loyalties to be to the South Fury first. Okay, and it's but, like if you're coming from Silvermoon or Undercity, you might have a vested of, interest elsewhere. Yeah, it's like, hey, Undercity is burning, but uh, we need to uh, go kill some Centaur over here. You're not allowed to leave to go defend your family. Right. You have to stay here sort of thing. Okay. And yeah, I mean, I think from another perspective too, like it would be difficult. It's almost like, um, have you ever seen that movie, uh, The Last Samurai? Yes, I've seen yeah. The Last Samurai. I actually yeah. quite like The Last Samurai. No, you know what? I mean, it's a perfectly fine movie, but yeah. you know. Tom Cruise well, being Tom Cruise running real fast. Yeah. But you see that a lot with, like, you know, Last Samurai, Avatar, you know, movies like that where you've got this, like, you know, this white dude who, um, you know, shows up in, like, some foreign culture, uh, you know, and then, like, becomes the champion of that culture and then, like, yeah. you know, leads, the, leads them to glory or something. You know, so it's like, you know, you almost can't – That that's, like, kind of like a – almost like a cultural cliche at, at this point, like, you know. Um, yeah. You you can't have a, a blood elf come in and be like the orc champion, you know. I don't think that a lot of people would buy that, you know. No, and I, I think it would kind of like nothing against blood elves as our peers. Like the no. blood elf RP can be absolutely terrific, but it's like if yeah, it's like if you took a blood elf and like oh yeah, the blood elf is the best fighter of all the orcs and torrents. It'd be kind of like eh, like like that could happen, but it doesn't feel right. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, like probably not. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, like, sometimes, like, when you see, and, you know, you see it quite often, like, you know, Forsaken and Blood Elves now and Orkhamar, especially just with the way that things have happened with Undercity, you know, they, it's just that they don't fit in. And I think that they have such a strong culture elsewhere. Like, you know, Blood Elf RP and Silvermoon is probably preferable to Blood Elf RP and Orgrimmar just because, you know. Yeah, I I would assume as much. If you're playing a Blood Elf, you're probably looking for a specific sort of RP you know, maybe, like, some political intrigue stuff or some, like, you know, sneaky elf sniff. Or, yeah. like, you know, if you're playing your Forsaken, you're probably, you know, trying to get up to something devious. You know, yeah. something that, you know, the guilds that uh, are Forsaken guilds do so well. And so I kind of feel for them right now because of what happened with Undercity. It's almost like they don't have, like, a base of operations anymore. Yeah. But... And, uh, like, in, in terms of, like, what races... I know that... Uh in the secret officer chat that we have from time to time. Um, we actually had a conversation of like what races would be acceptable in the South Fury Watch. And this is kind of the conversation we're having around allied races. And I, I, I actually had the argument, which was only I had the argument and I was in the minority that a Pandaren would make more sense in the South Fury Watch than a Zandalari troll. So I think I there is... There, there is a gray area and there is an overlap. It's kind of, there needs to be a bit of a cultural shift in the guild in order to maybe make those decisions. Um, but there, there very much, there is a gray area that exists in the middle. Kind of the, the overall decision was like Blood Elves and Forsaken, never. Um, yeah. Nightborn, never. Nothing against those races, but like those very much do not fit in with what the South Theory about, but like a race like the Pandaren or Xandalori trolls could, if that makes any sense. Well, I mean, yeah, because, you know, just because uh, Pandaren don't live in a desert doesn't mean that they aren't, you know, at times simple people. I mean, you know, yeah. look at the Valley of the Four Winds. You've got farmers, you know, you got people who are brewing beer. I mean, you know, they're just kind of people hanging out who want to, you know, for, you know, maintain their lifestyle. And then you've got those asshole mantids coming over the wall and killing everybody. So, yeah. You know, there's very much like that, like, you know, trying to protect the homestead 
culture there. So yeah, I mean, I think okay, that someone so. from the mainland Pandaren area could, or Pandaria, whatever, could easily transfer into the watch, but maybe, you know, it's yeah. a little bit like you almost have to jump through a few more hoops to get someone else from a different race to get involved there too. Yeah. Like I, I made this argument in the midst of, I was, I, I was like slightly against the allied races joining. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's like high mountain are from high mountain and Zandalari are from Zandalar. Magkar orcs being kind of different thing. Cause they're literally refugees kind of dumped in Orgrimmar now. So that, that was kind of a bit of a difference. Um, but yeah, it was kind of there, there, there's this area in between where like these sort of feel more like Warcraft three horde could jive with orcs and Torrens sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, it, it is very much more of an out of character decision than it is an in character decision, which sometimes guilds need to make. Yeah, sure. I think that's fair. So moving on a little bit. Give me a teaser about the current watch story. Um, so we're fucked. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so cur- our current story uh, going on right now is that sort of as a tie-in to what's happening in 8.2 with the Naga, um, that, you know, the Barrens is coastal and the South Fury is a river, um, that we've kind of tried to throw in bit of a tie-in that um, kind of the, the current force or the current threat in the Barrens right now is Naga. And um, our base of operations is Farwatch Post, which if people don't know is that, uh, that settlement with the bridge, which is where you start doing quests in the Barrens. Um, that's typically where we set up shop. In the last or two events ago, we lost that to the Naga. The Naga were able to hit it and kind of attack it and burn it um so we're kind of dealing with that and because you know the entire eastern part of the barrens now isn't really safe because the naga could come and attack it's kind of like farmers have been evacuated from those lands um so we're currently in the crossroads sort of dealing with a little bit of a refugee crisis Mm. um and like our last event was about securing resources and trying to get people organized uh, and sort of our hands full with more more like not combat-based RP, but kind of a more of a intimate RP of like, this is what actual people might have to deal with if this was a real-life situation. It's a time of crisis in the Horde's homeland. <laughs> Which Something heroes like will rise? <laughs> yeah, it's like, we're, we're not trying to like break the wheel here and say like, no. oh, Orgrimmar's been under attack. Like, it's very much like Firewatch Post kind of being burned a little bit isn't the end of the world. It doesn't break the game. Well, I mean, it's um, the Barons. Like, yeah. you know, probably nobody anywhere is going to say, oh my god, the Barons, such a critical resource. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's called the Barons for, for a reason, yeah. right? But it, it's so. one of those things that I think as, because back uh, last year, when all of this was kicking off, like, we had a campaign mm. in, Ashra- in uh, not Ashara, uh, Ashenvale and Darkshore, where we were not in the war, but we were kind of concurrent to it and kind of dealing with those consequences that we like to not be a part of the story, but kind of like keep up with the stories that were not, you know, mutually exclusive to everything that's happening in the universe because, you know, the horde going to war obviously is going to affect everything. Um, So it's kind of the thing we're doing right now is sort of just like, if the Naga are fighting everyone, it would be reasonable to believe that there's Naga fighting everyone and kind of we're trying to deal with that in a more barons oriented way right i mean you know as far as like the canon lore goes the only updates that we have for the story is whenever blizzard releases releases a patch and so yeah you know i think that sometimes it can be difficult to you know stay relevant and also keep your storylines um you know moving and something that's you know interesting to people yeah and Um, we're we're trying to do things in a way that very much is the way we do things, but still, you know, trying relevant. to keep things fresh, kind, trying to keep things relevant, kind, trying to like, oh, that's, that, that, like, I've heard of Naga in Nashatar. <laughs> you guys are dealing with Naga? Those guys yeah. suck, apparently. 
In fact, um, it, you know, I think I just heard that we uh, we lost a fleet somewhere in the middle of the ocean. So I guess that must have something to do with it too, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so kind of like the, that. The, the upcoming events um, will kind of deal with the fact that like the watch is undermanned. We're basically a hillbilly militia in a lot of ways. Right. Um, so it's kind of us having to deal with this threat and us having to make kind of those difficult decisions um, that can't or could uh, allow us to kind of deal with this uh, emerging nog we're dealing with right now in the Barrens. I see. So, I mean, what's really your like MO for making events and how do you convey those difficult decisions in your events? Um, I, I think number one is I want events to be simple enough that they can be understood, but open enough that people can kind of fill it with their own stories. Um, so I, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of kind of NPC theater where it'll be like my character talking to the NPC for like 20 minutes because that's boring and no one wants to see that. Or like NPCs talking to each other or something like that. Um, I try to open it up to a lot of choice. Um, I'll often throw in situations through the event, which can change the course of what we do um, where like a character, typically a newish character or like a, not the officers or the overlord who's the GM get to make those sort of decisions, you know, like do we stay here with the caravan or do we go over here? Do we deal with a centaur? Do we deal with the quill bore? Um, kind of, it, it gives the people a feel and it kind of gives them a vested interest in kind of that, this isn't just them, you know, following along on the rails, sort of seeing things as you go by, that you actually have an impact in these stories. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, I think that's good because I think a lot of times guilds, you know, especially like military guilds, not saying that, you know, we are necessarily one, but you know, by your own words, we're kind of like a, you know, hillbilly militia. I think a lot of times those guilds have a hard time keeping everybody involved with storylines. So, yeah. you know, I think it's good to, like, you know, involve those kinds of decisions. Um, like, like, I know that uh, back on Moonguard, I was in a dwarf guild um, called the Dwarven Vanguard, which I think still exists, I think. Okay, that's funny, because I'm pretty sure, like, uh, I've been involved with an, a, a number of city raids where we would, like, go to kill the faction leaders, and whenever no, we would no, go no, to we would... Forge. Yeah, we would stop yeah. you. We would stop you. That's so funny. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I remember it was, I, I eventually worked my way up and I was like a lieutenant or something. And it was like, it was your job to sit in Ironforge and tell the guild when we were under attack. Like it was, we had a whole system set up for it. Anyways, back to it. That was very much like a military guild where it's like you had to wear a uniform. And you right. had to like line up and you had to like march and do drills. Which you had is, a rank. It, if that's, yeah, you had a rank and it's like, depending on your rank, you got to be able to do sort of things. Um, which is like, if you enjoy doing that, obviously that's good and you should go do that. Um, but I think kind of a good thing about our guild is that there is, there are ranks and there is structure, but it's very much like if you showed up, it's kind of like everyone's kind of an equal in a lot of ways. And it's yeah. very much people put a bit of their ego in check in both the in-character and, and out-of-character way. That's a big appeal um, that kind of made me like this out three watch, that it's pretty chill and relaxed about a lot of things. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, ve it's very much like everyone is an equal to a, to a certain extent um, and kind of everyone gets to be part of the story and choose certain parts of the story and kind of how they unfold. So there is rank and structure, but then in events, there's also choice to keep yourself involved and have an impact. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good, you know, happy medium yeah. between, you know, the two. You know, I think a lot of guilds kind of suffer from that, like, top-down thing where the, the guy at the top is, you know, basically forming a story about himself. Yeah. And I... you, don't, you don't see that too, too often, much more, or at least I don't. But I'm also not really in the thick of it with RP anymore, so <laughs> who knows? Yeah. But... It, it happens so, every once in a while. Yeah, and, you know, can't always do anything about it, but yeah. I think that's a good, you know, middle ground there. For sure. 
So, I mean, you know, with the watch, you know, obviously you've like covered like the RP stuff, but do you guys do like a lot of PV, you know, PVP or do you do a lot of rating or uh, what other stuff are, are you involved with? And so, you personally too. Uh, so we are almost entirely just an RP guild. We do do some PVP every once in a while. We do some PVE every once in a while. Um, like the, the GM will organize, uh, nights where we go off and do stuff we do old raids we don't really do current raiding we're not a raid guild and we mm. don't necessarily have the the infrastructure let's call it to be able to do that uh, but yeah we we do content together every once in a while i wouldn't say probably as much as we should and um i know that's kind of a lot of our members are adults and um Often don't have, have time. yeah, don't necessarily have time and probably would want like when they have a free night, would you rather like go raid old warlord raids or would you rather have an RP event? And I think people would probably invest time in the role play in this role play guild on a role play server. Right. Um Yeah. Yeah, I we, remember... we sorry, continue. No, I was going to say, when I first joined, I remember, like, I think we did, like, a group of BGs or something with, like, some of the old officers who I think are kind of off now. Um, yeah. And I remember, like, you know, being, like, my conceited self, like, you know, checking out everybody's, like, PvP rank and being like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I've got a better, better PvP rank than these guys. So, see, you know, <laughs> see, I used to actually be a big PvPer in Cataclysm oh, really? and Mop. That's where I got my wolf from. I got it the actual way from yeah. pinning 40... Uh, rated battlegrounds in a oh. Miss of Pandaria season. I used to, okay, so used to be really into it. Yeah, um, you see, I don't think I got it with the forty battlegrounds. I think I won a hundred arenas, see, which I, I think that you could also do. Yeah, it was a hundred arenas or forty rated battlegrounds. I was always more into rated battlegrounds because I was a healer, and okay. healing in arenas is just trying. Oh, it's not, awful. Yeah, it, it's the worst. It's just try not to die. Just yeah, try would... not to die. <laughs> And especially fives was fine, but like in threes, it's like three people are attacking you and it's like, just try not to die. Uh, so I was never really as much into arenas. Um, arenas kind of, are mayhem. Yeah. So I was more into PVP back in the day. I kind of fell out of it in Warlords because I took a pretty extended long break during Warlords, like a lot of people did, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of when I came back, I didn't really get as much back into it. I'm, I'm like thinking about getting back into it, but I kind of just experienced and, you know, I have periodically, you know, basically something that you just described, you know, I think, um, about a year ago, I was like going hard on the arenas with, um, you know, my old PVP partners and, you know, trying to, I think we paid, we, we played like, I don't know, 3000 games in the first, uh, season of BFA, and then afterward, I was just like done. Yeah. So that's why I, I disappeared for a while there. Yeah. Well, uh, but I guess. I, I think a lot, like, obviously the game in general has shrunk yeah. in terms of the player base. You know, people sure. have moved on, people get burnt out, people, you know, this game's been going on for 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, and the other problem, too, is the people who, you know, do still play the PvP are really good at it. So, you know, it used to be, like, in Cataclysm and MLP, maybe not everybody knew about, like, you know, the Gladius add-on or, yeah. like, you know, things like that or, like, what you're supposed to do in a 3v3, uh, 3v3 arena. So it was, like, yeah. almost easier. But now everybody just knows everything. So, like, even to hit, um, you know, this is my opinion, of course, even to hit, like, you know, 1,600 <laughs> or 1,800, Sure. Um, you know, I might, I might be kind of like outing myself here as like not as good of a PvP as I think I am. I, I but... was able to get to nineteen hundred with ra- yeah. with rated battlegrounds. So I hit two K in Warlords. Okay, um, but I was not able to get anywhere close in BFA. Okay, so that's like I, I'm almost like kind of embarrassed to admit that because I'm like, you know, I've got like that two K gear. You know, I've got a couple titles and stuff. And then, like, you know, I'm struggling to hit 1600, which is, like, the, you know, the bottom of the barrel challenger rank, you know? Um, Now, do you do PvP now on your Shaman or no? Um, I I, I kind of do casual. Yeah, like, I'll do Battlegrounds every once in a while. I recently got my Conqueror title, which was kind of a, I've wanted that for 10 years sort of thing. It's a fist bump, yeah. Yeah, it's like that, that 
like that that is my big accomplishment in terms of whatever it's like it was my hundredth rep as well so i got the other stuff um finally got stupid fucking harassy basin awesome um which just took forever yeah um and like honestly i i got warsong gulch just because of the uh the battleground bonus that you get uh like nine or ten flags in a battleground that like i would i wouldn't have gotten warsong gulch without that um i also don't like warsong gulch so that was always a, a deterrent for me yeah uh, but yeah I, I i i pvp casually at this point i i play the game mostly for just like almost like single player content yeah um and role play which i feel you know it's like i work full time and and busy and have stuff to do so it's kind of i can't yeah. really commit as much time as i used to be able to into this game when i was just like i'm just gonna join uh like a, a rated battleground guild and do all of these sorts of things and invest you know seven hours a, a night into just you know spamming all these things i can't really do that anymore so it's i've always enjoyed role play so that's kind of where i've fallen into so what people should take away from this interview then is south fairy watches a guild for old people <laughs> yes pretty much <laughs> if you were born after I don't. I, I don't want to. I think I'm. I think I'm older than you. How old? Um, are you? I I was born 1991. Okay, then you're older than me. Okay, I I don't know. Uh, like, I I feel like the South Fury age, like the South Fury watch. I feel like its membership is older, but I also I feel like I've lost a sense of how old Warcraft players are in general. That I, yeah, I feel like I'm not we're not really like... we're not really different. It's just. I think in my mind, like, I started playing this game when I was 14 years old. Right, yeah. When, like, someone who was, like, 19, I'm like, you're so old, and now I'm 10 years older than that. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of one of those, maybe I've lost a sense of how old people are, because it really does seem like most people are, like, out of college and working and married or have a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and they kind of mm. seem more settled in an adult life yeah so maybe I've, I've just lost sense of how old people are okay so maybe you know south fury watches for like the season wild player who doesn't have time for this shit anymore no i, I think like we still do a lot um, well, right. and we still have Within quite reason. a yeah we still have quite a few members that are like are on constantly like i think anytime i log in cast is online <laughs> so yeah, it's right. kind of it's kind of it, it's a wide range and i think south fury watch is you know, it, it's a good community, and I think it kind of, obviously, if you're a hardcore raider or a hardcore PvPer, it's kind of, you know, we're you're not, not going to find what you're looking for. Yeah, you're not going to find what you're looking for. But I think if you're looking for a good community of people who are relaxed and friendly and, you know, we don't really care about your guild rank. We just want to, you know, hang around and have a good time and RP. You know, Southbury Watch is a, is a really good group, and, you know, I, I've been in the guild for three years, and I, I personally think it's the best guild I've been in in any sense of like that. What's your favorite class? Uh, shaman. I've been playing a Shaman since uh, Burning Crusade, and I haven't really looked back. I've seen the class change a lot in that time. Yep. Um, several times, actually. I remember when we used to have totems. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was... I remember in Vanilla... I shared an account with my brother because I was like in ninth grade. So I didn't really have a credit card or anything. Um, and I, I played a, a dwarf hunter and that was my first character. His name was Brute Beard. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Burning Crusade, I got my own account and I made, so my brother was playing Alliance. So I wanted to play with him, obviously. So I made, a Draenei Shaman, because I thought, this blue guy with tentacles looks cool, and yep. Shaman can, like, be a wolf, so that's cool. Um, so that's why I chose the, the class originally, and that character that I made in Burning Crusade, you know, has gone through a few iterations, but it is still my main to this day. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, do you feel like the Shaman class is kind of like, you know, the iconic orc I'm going to say something controversial here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would say there's three cl 
classes that are a bit different from the other ones, obviously not including Death Knight and uh, Demon Hunter because those ones are unique to themselves. Mm-hmm. But I've always, maybe it's because I, st- like, I first got into the Warcraft universe with Warcraft 3. Yep. Because um, I feel like I've always been more of a real-time strategy fan than a MMO RPG fan, even though the game I primarily primarily play is an is an MMO. Um, okay. That I've always felt shaman, paladin, and druid were always like a bit special compared, like not that they're like better or worse, but that there's something like to them. And I've always felt like shaman always felt a bit more horde centric. Uh, paladin always felt a bit more alliance centric and druid it's like i honestly forget what classes or what races can be druids but i've always felt it's much more of a night elf thing no offense to all the tauren druids out there or trolls or the soul druids yeah yeah i yeah. i did not know for the longest time <laughs> like way longer than i should have that trolls could be druids <laughs> it was like an expansion later I saw a bear turn into a troll, and I got really confused for like half like, a Wait second. Wait a second. And then I figured it out. Um, That's a weird-looking torrent. Yeah, it's, it's skinny, and its horns are in the wrong place. Right. Um, but yeah, I, uh, shaman, like, the, there's kind of a, there's a religious, cultural element to what a shaman's supposed to be about, and I've always felt that fit in more with, like, orcs and torrent and trolls and maybe draenei because there is that connection and dwarves i guess because of the wild hammer you know i rp'd as a wild hammer uh shaman for a really long time mm-hmm. and it's i've always felt like shaman. i i've always had the opinion that like race class combination should be more limited than what they are so it's like no offense to goblin shamans but like that isn't <laughs> not exactly isn't... what the class yeah, is like, supposed to be about yeah it doesn't exactly fit the class fantasy and like like Kulturans can be shamans now and it's kind of like I guess they can control water so sure but I don't know I've always felt in a couple of roles there yeah I know that like when uh, classic comes out it's kind of the the one thing that uh, like oddly has appeal to me is that like shaman and paladins go back to their corners and are faction specific again which is I think I don't think it's like a good or bad thing Sorry, I don't think it's a bad thing that, you know, both factions can be shamans or paladins, but there, it, it does add a certain, you know, je ne sais quoi about it that, uh, like, there, there's a bit of, you know, fantasy about the class when they're limited like that. Okay, so rapid fire round. I'm going to name off every horde race, and I just want you to say the class that best fits them. Sure. All right. Ready? Okay. All right, orc. Uh, warrior, Torn, uh, <laughs> Hunter. <laughs> okay, uh, Troll, uh, Witch Doctor, Shadow Priest. Shadow. Okay, Priest. Yeah. Uh, Forsaken. Uh, Death Knight or Warlock. Okay, Blood Elf. Uh, Mage. Goblin. Do you even know the, the classes that Goblin would be? <laughs> no, no, I know the class. Uh, I don't, I feel like Hunter, because Hunter, you can have like, I don't know. I've always felt that there should be like a Tinkerer class that only gnomes and Goblins could be. Probably Hunter, probably, because okay. it's got guns. Yeah, sure, and you can have mechanical pets. Okay. Yeah. Pandaren. Bunk. Okay, High Mountain Tarn. Uh, <laughs> I kind of get it. Yeah, Shaman. sure. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, Nightborn. No fucking clue. Mage, sure. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's really a hard one. Um, mage, and yeah, Maghar. Not that uh, much different than orcs. Warrior, sure. Okay. All right. So, all right. Not too controversial. I mean, you know, Tauren, I probably would have said druid, but you know, or shaman. But see, I, I don't know if it's like I'm a, I'm I've been a shaman player for all this time, but I always feel Tauren more as like a shaman race than a druid race. Yeah, I know if Sid hears this, it's, he's going to tear all of his hair out. Um, no, like, I, I've always... Yeah, I remember playing this game once, and it's like, humans are paladins, and, like, right. dwarves are 
hunters and those sorts of things. Yeah, and you know, gnomes are useless and puntable, right? <laughs> I, I would put gnomes as mages. Yeah, I would yeah. say night elf is druid. I want to say worgen are death knights. There's something like spooky, warlocks, yeah. druids. I don't know. Um, I always felt, I always thought for the longest time. I, sorry, I, I can never remember if Worgen can be paladins, and I don't think they can't be paladins, and I think they can. No, but I know Worgen I'm can't al- be paladins. Yeah, I always think that they can, and I always mess up in that regard. I think they can be priests, though, which is kind of like a, you know, irony. Like, that, you know, you can be a priest, but you can't be a paladin. But well, I token. guess on the re- well, yeah, well, that's yeah, trolls, right, trolls and Forsaken. Yeah, and the uh, the Maghar orcs can be can be priests but can't be paladins. So, like, yeah, uh, there is that I'm, shadow I'm, I'm aspect. St- I'm still I'm still against Maghar being priests. Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's good because they can't be um, warlocks. <laughs> yeah, you know? like I know I know it makes in that sense, and like there's the whole light element, and you know, war in Warcraft one there were necrolites, which are shadow priests, so it makes sense. But it's kind of I've always felt humans should never be shamans and orcs can should never be paladins. And I feel as long as that race class combination doesn't happen, I'll be fine. Okay. That's good to know. So, I mean, like, are you kind of like a stickler? I'm, I'm getting kind of the feeling that you're a little bit I'm of not, a stickler when it comes to lore. I, I'm, I, I think it's, I'm a bit of a stickler, but I'm not going to, you know, kick up a stink about things. I'm not going like, well, right. to, like, you're not going to, you know, I'm not going to draw the inquisition. Form. Yeah, I'm not going to, like, go to the forums and, like, write angry posts about it. Um, but no, I, th- I think it's the thing that first appealed me to Warcraft and the Warcraft universe was its lore. You know, I remember playing Warcraft 3, and then I literally, like, I played the intro campaign, and then I had to, like, go to a cottage or something. So I read the little, like, instruction manual booklet thing. Mm-hmm. And it had, like, a lot of lore in it, and I started reading that, and I'm like, this is cool. So it's always been the lore behind Warcraft that really has appealed me to it, so I've cared about the lore. You know, the lore has gotten really wonky over time. Yeah, and back it's when the... It's... Sorry? I was going to say, back when the writing was inspired, and, yeah. you know, it was good, and there were some good ideas, aside from just, like, you know, what's good for the moment. Um, and maybe that's what appeals to the South Korea Watch to me, that it kind of it wants to be that Warcraft 3, you know, vanilla WoW version of lore where it's like noble warriors defending the land with spears and shields before we had nuclear bombs and spaceships and... Racist orcs executing, you know, uh, people in Orgrimmar and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of... Okay. The, the lore has, like, obviously the story has developed, which which you want, you know. I know a lot of people kick up a stink, but I think, like, burning down Teldrassil and, you know, turning Undercity into a gas chamber isn't exactly the worst thing story-wise, because it's changed. And maybe Warcraft is a bit too stagnant and things are too safe that they need to make these big leaps. Um, but no, I'm I'm, I'm not... Yeah, maybe I am a stickler for lore, but I don't think I'm. I get angry about it, and I think I've learned to just like, you know what, things are going to be fine. Yeah. Okay. So then, you, yeah, you would kind of classify yourself as kind of a lore master then. I I would not consider myself a lore master. Well, that's good because we finally reached the segment in our podcast, Vazrock, where we are going to test your lore skills. Ah, fuck. <laughs> this is the South Fury Watch Lore Master feat of sure. strength. Okay. Do I get a little? Uh, do I get a little achievement for this one? Oh, you do. No one has ever earned this this feat of strength before. <laughs> All right. Okay. So it is very very prestigious. All you have to do to get it is uh, answer five very simple questions. I, I'm um, I'm curious of your definition of simple. Well, there. Uh, you know. You'll you'll have to find out. Okay. So you know the first question that I have for you is. A little bit of a freebie. Sure. Well, just, just a slight <laughs> I, bit. I have to not embarrass myself on this question. That's what, that's what you're saying. Exactly. So sure. I'm going to give you the opportunity to name eight. You know, if you can name more than eight, well, we'll give you the question. But how many, orcish, how many Orcish clans can you name? 
Okay. Um, there's the Frost Wolf, the Thunder Lord, the Black Rock, Laughing Skull, Bleeding Hollow, Shadow Moon, uh, War Song. <laughs> oh, I'm fading here. Uh, Storm Reaver. How many am okay. I at? You're at eight, so good job. Okay. But you can keep going. Um, Dragon Maw. There you go. Uh, Twilight Hammer is technically okay. an Orcish clan. Yep. Uh, Flower Picker, of course. The most uh, lore official clan of all time. Yep. Uh, there's like some in the middle that I'm forgetting. I'm trying, I'm try- basically trying to imagine the Draenor map and trying to go around in the circle. What are yeah. some other ones? What am I missing? Well, you're missing, um, what's the, uh, the burning blade? A burning um, blade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, black tooth grin. Oh yeah. That, and, that's a popular yeah. one among the edge lords. Um, yes, that's true. That is, that is the official, uh, or clan of edge lords. Did you mention, uh, shattered hand? I was, so, I can't remember if you did. I was trying to go like clockwise through Draenor, and I got to Shadowmoon. And I'm like, "Oh, what is Cargath Bladefist clan?" And I was yeah, like, and I was like, "Bladefist something hand." And I didn't want I didn't want to say the wrong one. Sure. Uh, there's also the there's another one which is from the Warcraft Adventures thing, which is like lightning sword, lightning blade. Yeah, there's the lightning blade clan, which yeah. is I think similar to the Thunderlord clan, but yeah, not it's... really. I don't know. I remember it was like it was a throwaway comment in it was a throwaway comment in a game that technically doesn't exist. Yeah, right. I mean, there's um, you know, there's a couple of different clans that you know, kind of like a flower picker clan. Like they're not really like no, no, flower picker clan is legit. Let's let's be well, honest here. Yes, it, you know, <laughs> an, an obscure one, an, an obscure one, but it exists. Yeah, there was originally there. there was originally supposed to be a character in warlords that was from the flower picker clan and they took it out at the last minute for some reason i remember that that, because i i remember seeing that and i thinking blizzard why are you doing this to us right okay Okay. all right so we'll give you question number one you know i mean that's a that's a difficult question having to answer sure or having to name off of memory so the next couple questions will be multiple choice because these will really test your metal okay all right so Question number two. Sure. What is the name of the pit lord who Gromhoe screams <laughs> slew to redeem himself in the eyes of Thrall and all orcs? This is Warcraft 3? I don't know. Yes. Is it A, <laughs> Magtheridon? B, Destromath? C, Manoroth? Or D, Brutalus? Uh, I believe that the answer is C, Manoroth. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's only a friggin' item named after him, the, the shoulder pads that yeah. Garrosh wears. Yeah, okay. So, not really a difficult one there. But, you know, we got to test the waters a little bit. So, you got two out of five right. Okay. And just to remind you, you know, the rules of this quiz, there is no phoning a friend. Yeah, you can't Google these. Sure. Yeah, I, I know that you haven't, but. Okay. All right. So, question number three. During the dominant offensive, oh, fuck. Gar- <laughs> and that's this is this is Mr. Pandaria. This okay. is Mr. Pandaria. Sure. Uh, Garrosh imbues one of his champions with the magic of the Shah. He later empowers Malkarok with a similar power. Oh, I was going to say what- Malkarok. <laughs> yeah. What is the name of the orc that he imbues with this magic who you slay during one of the quests? Sure. Is it A. Samuro? B, Ishii, C, Konzo, or D, Mazuru? Okay, I think A is not the answer because Samuru was like the Blade Master character from Warcraft 3. Sorry, what was B, C, and D? So B is Ishii. Can you spell C. that? Is that is that allowed? Am I allowed to know the spelling? Uh, I mean, so long as you're not going to Google it. I, I, I swear I'm not. Okay, so it's I-S-H-I, Ishii. Okay. Uh, Kanzo, K-H-A-N-Z-O. Okay. And then Mazuru is M-A-Z-U-R-U. I am going to go with D, Mazuru? Ooh, ouch. Ugh. The correct answer is actually Ishii. 
Okay. That's so you, you won't be earning the feet of strength today, Vez. That, that, that's, that's okay. We'll, uh, we'll sweep up these last two questions here. Okay. Sure, surely these will be much more difficult for you. Okay. So during Alteric Valley, okay. a secondary horde objective is to save, the, uh, to save the wing commanders. Sure. These include two orcs, Goose and Mulverick. Sure. Where can you find wing commander Goose in Alteric Valley? Is it A, the North Dunbalder Bunker, B, the Stonehearth Bunker, C, the Icewing Bunker, or D, the Stormpike Lumberyard? I feel like these... <laughs> the multiple choice doesn't help when you're just listing off all of the locations. I know it's not the Lumberyard. Um, Mulverick is in the... the Bunker no. I'm gonna say the North Dunbalder thing is where you can find Goose. Yeah. So that's actually where you can find Mulverick. Yeah, shit, fuck. Yeah, you can find Wing Commander Goose in the Ice Wing bunker. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm really testing your lore here, Vaz. This isn't yep. uh, this isn't shaping so, up too good for you. No, you're testing my. Do I remember <laughs> NPC names in World of Warcraft? Well, come on. I mean, Alteric Valley is you know iconic. Okay. okay. Honestly, if you, if the question had been, there are two wing commanders, and one of them is named Mulverick. What's the other one's name? <laughs> I would not have gotten the answer. Okay. Um, all right. So this last question, you're probably going to kill me for. All right. Sure. Kingslayer Orcus okay. is, an, is an orc wannabe hero who stars in the revamped Hillsbrad Foothills questline. Sure. He dies heroically after you steal some alliance battle plans from Jaina and okay. some other people. Okay. Uh, he, he wears the red color variation of what raid tier warrior armor? Is it A, tier 8? B, tier 9? C, Tier 10 or D, Tier 11? Can I know the names of those sets? Because I can't uh, put a number to the image in my head, but I feel like if you told me the name of them, I could maybe figure this one out. Um, yeah, hold on. Uh, let, me, um, let me just bring those up here. Because I don't know them. You don't know them? No, I just know the numbers. Okay. I don't, I don't know the names of the I, I, I honestly, like, if you ask me, like, what raid is tier 9 of, I have no idea. Okay. I, t- I think it's... I don't know. Oh, let's see. What am I missing here? Alright, so tier 8... Is the Valorous Siege Breaker Battle Gear. Sure. Tier 9. That is the Hell Screams Battle Gear. Okay. Tier 10 is the Ymirar Lords Battle Gear. And Tier 11 is the Earthen Warplate. Sorry, what was, what was 10? The Ymir R, Ymir Jar, however you say is it. That, is that the, the um, I'm forgetting, the, the Olduar set? Mm, it's I the one where so. it's like it's like gray and kind of runic looking? Um, it is runic looking. It's kind of got that one where uh, okay, it's I'm, got like the, the broken horn on top. I'm going to say that one because that's the one I've heard of. Yeah, it's it's that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you, you kind of give it away with the name. I, you, you've seen Kingslayer Orcus, right? Yeah, yeah. He he rides up on his sparkly pony. No, that's uh, that's Johnny. Oh, is that is that a different one? Oh shit. I no, do, I, I do I do really like that quest chain because it's re- it really does kind of poke WoW players in the eye a bit, which I enjoy. Yeah. Well, right. He's Kingslayer Orcus, and he's like, you know, I don't come around when there's people who can actually kill me. Yeah, but his guild name, yeah, he's yeah. got all the the best gear from you know the last year. So yeah, you know, so only ice crown and shit. Yeah. All right, 
So, you know, you got... I only got um, I, two out of five. I suck at lore, no, apparently. No, three out of five. Did I get three? Oh, yeah, I got that last yeah. one. Okay. Yeah, you got Based three ten. Purely a guess, and that's the one I've heard. Well, that's, you know, that's part of the lore master feat of strength is, yeah. you know, luck, knowledge, and sure. everything in between. Mostly luck, it seems like. Yeah. I I honestly didn't remember that Garrosh infused the Shasta into an orc not named Malkrox. Yeah, so I mean, that's one of the like, did, did you ever do that quest line? I did. Um, but the whole thing is I feel like I only ever did it once, really. Mm. I don't really do alts that much, especially like alt endgame stuff. So I probably only would have done that once. Or especially like alt reputation quests. Yeah. Because, you know, th- those quests were based entirely off of your dominance offensive reputation. Yeah, and also I think in Mists of Pandaria, I was playing Alliance, so I don't think I even would have seen that quest. Yeah, you, you would have killed him as an Alliance player, too, yeah. before you save Andy. So I, I'm going to say go. that question didn't count you cheated. I'm fine. Hey, man, hate the game if you want. I, I will. <laughs> but this is Orcish lore. <laughs> all right. All right, Vaz. Well, I think that's uh, that's all we have time for today. You know, sure. We've uh, stretched out a good hour here, so I appreciate you being interviewed for our first ever South Fury Watch podcast. Sure. I'm, and, ho- I, uh, I, I'm sure millions of people will tune into this one. Well, like I said, broadcasting theoretically around the world. <laughs> we, you know, the uh, the possibilities here are endless. So. All, all of those uh, Burmese viewers of ours. Right, yeah. Yes. So, everybody listening at home, thanks for sticking out with us. And we will catch you ni- next time on the South Fury Watch podcast. Mm-hmm.